Welcome back to The Last Burn. This is episode five of The Last Burn podcast. As always, you can follow us on iTunes at The Last Burn and on Twitter at The Last Burn. We're going to jump right in with our most impressive moment of the week. Back with me today is Brandon and DJ to co-host. Guys, I'm going to lead off. Most impressive moment of the week was Marcus Mariota. All right. He had a bad hamstring, was basically told not to run, to sit in the pocket and play quarterback. Now, I know this whole perception is that Marcus can't play pocket quarterback, which is which is completely asinine. I mean, he's done it every year. I mean, he's just loses uses legs more um, than other QBs. Well, Monday night in the second half, in the second half of this game, he stood in the pocket. He took big shots and he delivered uh, big moments for the Titans in a nice 36 to 22 win over the Colts. First time the Titans have beat the Colts in 11 games. Brandon, your thoughts? Yeah, it was a pretty impressive performance for Mariota. I honestly thought they were going to lose the game. I, f- I fell asleep actually at halftime, <laughs> but then I woke up and I seen his numbers like wow, and seen the highlights and seen some of the throws he's making. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, his pocket presence was the best I've ever seen out of him. Um, you know, usually he's on the run, running around, but you know he had to be in the pocket this time. And like Gruden was really riding him about that throughout the game. So I think it was interesting to see Mariota just kill it. I mean, yeah, he did throw one pick, but I mean he's. He looked really good in the pocket and looked really comfortable too. The pick was a weird play because, you know, DeMarco, his assignment is to block that edge rusher, but DeMarco didn't go attack him and kind of left his hands free, which um, made the John Simon be able to make the play that he did. John Gruden, I thought was, I thought he was like the biggest Mariota fan. And the first half, he was just going at him. He's like... This guy, he, he, needs, he needs to make more throws. He's like, he needs to um, be able to assess the defense better. I mean, I thought that Jacoby Brissett was the second overall pick because the way John Gruden was talking about him. And then at the end of the game, Gruden goes, man, these Tennessee Titans, I tell you what, man, I think this team's going to be the team to win the AFC South, man. And I'm like, hold on one second. Two hours ago, your your opinion was completely different. So I don't know what John Gruden was saying. Um, I think I just have some, some beef with that, you know, but it's whatever. Um, do you guys have any other moment that you think to perceive to be more impressive than what the Titans did? I think what the Steelers – defense did with the Chiefs and kind of keeping them bottled up. I thought the Steelers defense was impressive. I seen that the zone really affected Alex Smith and the Chiefs offense. That was honestly the first game I've seen this year where the Chiefs offense seemed like they really struggled. And so I really liked what I seen from Steelers. But my impressive moment, I go basketball. Greek Freak, he started off the season with 37 points, 13 rebounds versus Celtics. I feel like this is his his outcoming year, technically he broke out last year, but this year I think he might be MVP level, especially with Gordon Hayward injury. The East seems wide open after the Cavs. I could honestly see the Bucks being a 2-3 seed. What's his ceiling? Well, Kevin Durant came out and said that he thinks that he could be the best player of all time. Just last week. I don't know about that. I, I know. I read that and I was like, whoa, hold on. Best I don't know about ever? that, but he's got an unlimited ceiling. He can, he's, he's special, special athlete. 
There's a lot of special talents in the NBA right now. You got Westbrook, Curry, LeBron, Durant, Harden, Kawhi. So many good players right now. I like where the NBA is right now. I think it's in a healthy stance. Although Michael Jordan came out and said that it wasn't in a good position because only basically two teams could win the title this year. But I like where it's at. I think um, it's compelling. It gets me to a TV screen right now, even in the regular season. Um, I like I like where the NBA is at right now. Um, I think it's in a, a good place, and um, I'm excited for the season. DJ? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's funny how everybody comes back and says, oh, it's the, the time of the super teams. And they seem to forget all those Lakers and Celtics teams back in the day. I mean, mm-hmm. those were pretty stacked teams as well. So I mean, what was it, nine, ten years in a row that – at least one of them made the finals. Yeah. And going back to the 60s, there's always been super teams. Yeah. Bill Russell, Celtics, they had like six, seven Hall of Famers on their team. Yeah. It's it, always been like that in the NBA. If you really wanted to get rid of the super team, all you'd have to do is get rid of the, uh, the player max. Like, if, the, if one player c- didn't have a max on what they could earn, I mean, that would take the best players, like the top 30 players, and spread them out throughout the league. In a sport like basketball, there's never really going to be a lot of parity because basketball is so much different than any other sport. One player has so much impact on the on the outcome of the game. If you have the best player, you're already at a big advantage. You can't do that in any other sport outside maybe quarterback for football. No, Nobody else has that kind of impact. So say if you have a Kevin Durant or LeBron James, you're already at a big advantage, which is why always the same teams are always winning. Whoever has right. the best players usually are always going to win. Right, absolutely. I mean, the impact that a that legit superstar player in basketball has is is way more impactful than you know JJ Watt, for example. Yeah, you like know, Mike as, Trout in baseball, best player, best player is what people say. Right. Maybe one of the best of all time, and this team doesn't even make the playoffs. Right. I that would that. never happen to LeBron James led team. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> So, moving on, overachiever of the week. We had a couple different options for this. I know some of us were talking about the Jets as an overachiever. Um, what do you guys think about Eli as being an overachiever this week? You know, that team was 0-5 going yeah. into Denver. Um, I think zero turnovers for that Giants team against that defense. I was honestly blown away by that game. I, don't, I still don't know what to think about that. I don't know how that happened. Right. I mean, that Denver team with that defense, I mean, I mean, granted, you know, the defense didn't give up that many points because of the pick six and whatnot. But, I mean, when your defense, I think the, the Broncos' defense essentially gave up 16 points, okay? When your defense gives up 16 points, I think you're expecting to win the game. And especially today's NFL. Espe- yeah. yeah, especially in today's NFL. But the guys, the problem is – is that Bronco offense? Mm-hmm. That's inconsistent. It is. I mean, there is way too much talent on that team. If you look at their weapons with um, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and the mm-hmm. in the backs in the backfield, for them not be able to score points. And the problem is Trevor Simeon. Trevor mm-hmm. Simeon is holding that team back. That's plain and simple. Watching him play football is almost as bad as watching Matt Castle play quarterback, but it's it's not quite there yet. Um, any thoughts on an overachiever? Hmm. I'd have to think on that one. I, like, it's, it's between the New York teams for me because, I mean, I figured the Jets would try to keep it close with the Patriots, but I figured this would be the game where we'd be like, okay, 
we're back to normal with the Jets. But you know, it was kind of a wishy-washy call. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I guess the, I mean, either the Jets are for real or the Patriots' defense is really just that bad. And mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. But as far as the Giants go, uh, I really was shocked by that. And Darkwall had a big game, no? Right? I didn't see the stat line on him, but I heard he had some running lanes. I. It was. I do remember watching the game, and I. Was, there was a couple of plays the Giants made, big time explosive plays where they haven't even honestly made all year, even with Odell. Right. And it made me just go like, "Wow, this is really happening." So. You know who was a big difference in that game was Evan Ingram. Yes. You know, um, just rookie year from Ole Miss, just a, a big target. He's really raw in the run game because he struggles blocking, but I mean. As a pass receiver threat, he's hard to defend. You know, he's a big body guy. He gets the ball in his hands. He's really good in space. Um, I I like Evan Ingram, and I think I think the Giants. Um, I don't think they'll win ma- many games this year, but I think they'll be looking to next year and and making a run. Um, that leads me to my bust of the week: the Denver Broncos. You have an own five team coming to your place. You have to win that game. You have to. There's there's no excuse to lose that game. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, that probably would be the top one for me as well. Yeah, and uh, I just looked up the stat line on Darkwall. He did have 21 carries, 117 yards, and you know that was the same defense that held Zeke to nine carries, eight yards. So mm-hmm. right. So the big big bust. For the let's think about that. Week. You know that Giants offensive line isn't even close to that Dallas Cowboy offensive line. Mm-hmm. Same location in Denver. Um, and you have a guy who is pretty much unheard of running all over that defense. That's quite that's impressive. That's a running game that's struggled for a while, too. Yeah, that, I, mean, I think that's their first 100-yard rusher in, since last season, I, I believe. Absolutely. All right. You know, we kind of hinted at this at the beginning, but let's talk about the landscape of the NBA. Let's talk about where we're at right now. Um, I think we all can agree at the top right now is the Golden State Warriors. I think they are clearly the team to beat this year. Um, but how far down the list of teams, if you were talking about chances to win the title, would the, the Cavs be or another team from the East? I mean... Cavs, are, Cavs would be the only team in the East. That the only team in the chance. East that has a chance. Now with, unfortunately, the situation with Gordon Hayward... Um, Let's think about that Boston team that um, that made all these moves in the offseason off season to bring in Kyrie and to bring in Gordon Hayward, and now they're without Gordon Hayward. But what they gave up to get Gordon Hayward and, Isaiah, and Kyrie Irving was they lost Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. Jay Crowder. Um, they lost a. I think they, they had to trade Avery Bradley. To Avery make Bradley. Cap. Right, he was so, the Curry stopper. So they basically he was, lost. He was best defender they had. They lost sixty points a night is what mm-hmm. they lost, um, and I just don't see them replacing that. I think, I think Kyrie is in a bad place right now. Um, I think he, he'll be okay for the future. Um, I just, I just worry about him. I don't, I don't think Kyrie, you can win games, um, championship level, with Kyrie Irving as your number one player. I just, I just don't think he makes LeBron-type impact, Kevin Durant-type type of impact, or even Steph Curry-type impact. I just don't think Kyrie's that type of player. What do you guys think of the, of the landscape of the NBA? Um, personally, 
I, for what I've said, my opinion, for a lot of people, it's unpopular, but I feel like it's the most talented it's ever been right now. I love watching the games. Even even though we know the Warriors are the favorites and are probably going to win, it's still exciting. To, it's good, it's high-quality basketball, watching a lot of these athletes and stars play. There's This is some talent that's not I, we've not seen before. Like Anthony Davis... For example, what he's not even maybe top five. He might not even be a top five player in the NBA right now, and he's incredible. It's the talent level is just at another level from where I've seen it right now. I completely Wall, agree. A bunch of stars that are just right. right. You can name so many players right now, and that's always been my argument with the NBA compared compared to college basketball. The quality of the basketball in the NBA is far more superior than what you get um, with college basketball. And every year, the tournament in college basketball just kind of bails it out. But the overall quality of the games don't even match up what the NBA has. No. Uh, the skill levels, the talent, um, it's it's by far the best. Um, DJ, what's your opinion on the NBA landscape? Uh, I think it's interesting and I like that the Western Conference got a little more talented with the Rockets and the Thunder getting a little better. Yeah. I actually, after seeing the Thunder play, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that game that they have against the Warriors. Uh, it looks like Carmelo and PG kind of look refreshed. Um, you know, working around Westbrook's going to be really good for their careers. So Westbrook, I mean, he I would take Westbrook over any other point guard. That's just me. Um, I think Kyrie's in a bad spot now in Boston. Uh, immature what he did I think um, but I am looking forward to the the Warriors and the Cavs in the finals though <laughs> well in the east I think we can pretty much barring any major injuries I think the Cavs are going to be as long as LeBron's healthy the Cavs are probably going to yeah. be in the finals oh for sure especially now with the Hayward injury I mean Celtics. who's the only who's going to be the two or three seed now is it Milwaukee? I feel it's. I feel like it's going to be the Wizards, Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto fighting for those spots. Right. Yeah. I mean, but it's up for grabs for all. Yeah. These oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you know, if you think about the, the NBA and the landscape, it's at a good spot because you know, yes, there's not a lot of super teams, but each team has players that get you to the TV screen. Yeah. Like I, if they put Philadelphia on TV, I could sit down and watch Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. And Joel Embreed, Bill Simmons. Right. Those are those are the talent level, even on bad teams. Almost every team has a player that you can watch and enjoy watching, even right. the Nets. And right. I like watching the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, Patrick Beverly is one of my favorite players. And seeing him just wrestle the, wrestle the jimmies of uh, Lonzo Ball was, <laughs> I mean, good TV for me. I like watching that, you know? Yeah. I, I completely agree. I just – I. The Rockets are an interesting team for me right now because I just I just don't see how that works. Now, granted, um, Chris Paul and James Harden are incredibly intelligent basketball players. At mm -hmm. some point, they'll figure it out. But obviously, they're going to go through some, some learning curves. But do you guys see the Rockets figuring it out? Do you see them being a threat in the West? I feel like they have the, the offensive firepower, but it'll be interesting to see how James Harden and Chris Paul – because they're both guys that need the ball in their hands. Like if you watch the the Warriors Rockets game, CP3 didn't even play the last five minutes of the game when the Rockets went on the run, and they actually performed better when CP3 was on the bench. 
because him and Harden are still having issues trying to figure out their roles because they both need the ball in their hands. So it's and they're trying to learn how to play off the ball from each other, which is going to be interesting because CP3's never had to do that his whole entire career, and now he's being asked to play off the ball. So they their their styles kind of clash with each other. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But they definitely have the offensive firepower. The defensive end is what separates the Warriors from everyone else because they're not just great offensively. They're good defensively as well. Mm -hmm. Thompson the, and The uh, thing about the Warriors, I don't know if you can point to one specific player besides Draymond, who is the best defender in basketball. D Draymond Green is the best defender in basketball. But their team defense, you know, I feel like they have the best team defense in the in the NBA, and, and I think that's what separates them. Definitely. Because um, you wouldn't call Steph Curry a great defender. They The way they basically use him hides him on defense. Yeah. And that's my issue with Steph. Um, I think he's a great player. I think Steph Curry's impact um, on the game of basketball will be tremendous. Um, especially for the kids who are growing up playing now. Mm -hmm. I think um, we're going to see kids come into the game and want to develop one shot, and they're going to develop the three-point shot to be like Steph. The impact that's going to have on the game moving forward, I think Steph Curry makes the most impact that way. But I just, for, for some reason, some part of me dislikes that Steph Curry doesn't guard the other point guard or that how they hide him on defense and... Um, I don't know. I just, I maybe it's smart on the Warriors' part to do that um, because they have the players to. Right. Um, but that's the one issue I have with Steph is that um, he doesn't go mano mano with the other guy. They hide him on defense and put him on um, the least talented guy per se. So, what are your thoughts? I don't really have that big of an issue with it because um, if you honestly watch, like even the Cavs with LeBron. They honestly, last year, they didn't have him really guarding the best player either. Like, sometimes they'd have Richard Jefferson guarding Kevin Durant, and a lot of teams like the they like to conserve their best player's energy for offense. Now, Kawhi, Kawhi's really the only superstar in the league that's actually a two-way guy that actually goes hard on both ends and is as asked to do to guard the best player and to go and give you, like, 25, 30 a game. The rest of the superstars, they really don't really – put that much energy on defense so I don't really have that much of an issue with it although I understand the point I get it well I've heard that other NBA players have issue with it yeah did you see that I, I've read articles that from Chris Broussard that certain players the reason um, that they have issue with Steph is for that reason right there um, do you think that's fair I think it's jealousy <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. he's one of the most popular players in the NBA Actually, he's if you're looking at all-star votes and jersey sales, it's him and LeBron for the last four years that have been the highest. Which is why Curry was the was voted over Westbrook because he's so popular. He was, right. He got all the votes for all-star last year, which made a lot of people mad. But he's got all the fans right now, so I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of jealousy, personally. <laughs> My issue with Curry isn't necessarily his defense. It's that. Like and this this is going back a few years, but if you remember when Delhi had to guard Curry because you know the Cavs had nobody, Delhi got in his head just like that. Patrick Beverly gets in his head just like that, and it, it really affects his game. I mean, he was making stupid turnovers, you know, just losing the ball without even really anybody pressuring him. 
So that that's more along my issues that you know, and he's still a young guy. I understand. <coughs> it just it seems like you can get in Curry's head pretty easily. The thing is, Delhi had to go get some IVs after that yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. I think Curry Curry had one bad game versus Delhi that series really, and it was really really bad. And that narrative was that Delhi shut him down, kind of carried over. But honestly, it he pretty really much didn't. cost him the Finals MVP that that series. Yeah, that that one that game was really yeah. bad. But if you look at his numbers for the rest of the games, oh yeah, was, I mean, I'm not saying that it necessarily shut him down, but you you could tell that he was worried about Delhi and like you know I remember him complaining that oh they're not calling enough fouls on Delhi because Delhi was just scrapping with him, which I mean I agree with Curry on that part because you know Delhi's not a very skilled player, but yeah. you know it just I think you can get in Curry's head and that's. That really can, I mean, not now, but before when they didn't have Kevin Durant, that kind of, I think that was a big reason why, you know, they lost to the Cavs that one year. Who's the hardest guard player in the NBA? I think Curry is. You think Curry is? I think he's the best off-ball player, and he's got, that he's, got he's got the handles. He's got one of the, some of the best handles of all time. He can get anywhere he wants on the floor. He can shoot anywhere. And he can shoot too. anywhere he wants, personally. I I was I brought it up because honestly maybe Kyrie as well, but he's just he's hard to guard, but he's just because doesn't put it all together. Kyrie and Steph are are linked, you Mm -hmm. know, with obviously playing against each other in the last two finals. Um, my my thing is, I would take Steph over Kyrie, and the reason for that is. You have to guard him as soon as he crosses the half-court line. Mm-hmm. You essentially have to have someone on him. Um, That's why I think Curry's the best point guard. Per- I know DJ said Westbrook is, which is a popular answer, but I think Curry's the best because of that impact. He has to be guarded 30 feet away from a hoop, and that opens the whole entire floor for the Warriors. And, and then and look at the it, other players. It's the spacing, and the spacing that allows. They always get open looks because... Curry's a threat for so far away from the hoop. I will say this. Kevin Durant is the best player on the Warriors, mm-hmm. but Steph Curry is the most important player I think Curry and Draymond, and Draymond are more important than Durant. Yeah. But Durant is the He's best player. Yeah. Right. I mean, that Durant is, yeah. is by far the best player on that team. But Curry's impact, like we talked about, when he you have to know where he is at all times. I mean, I mean – Nothing starts that team more than a Steph Curry three, you know? Mm-hmm. That like, gets them all around. Right. I mean, <coughs> when they see that go in, especially the further he is away, I mean, you just, you just kind of sink a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, you know, even watching the last two finals, even when the Cavs are up 10, 12, it doesn't feel like a lead. Yeah, because it never does. Because at any second, as it, one of those warrior avalanches could come. And next yeah. thing you know, they're on a – they're on a 15 to 3 run. It's a tie ball game and you're sitting there like, "Wow, oh, how did this happen?" <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love where the NBA is. I think it's in a in a strong place right now. And I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, to be honest. Um, with that being said, what do you think about Melo, PG and Westbrook? Do you th- I'm actually shocked of how well it looked last yeah, night. Yeah, Westbrook looked phenomenal last night. Which one of my biggest twelve shots. Yeah, one of my biggest uh, complaints about Westbrook is he sometimes doesn't know how to control the floor of the game. But last night he was phenomenal. Twelve shots, very efficient overall game. Triple got double. Got everyone involved. It was natural in the flow of the game. Still got his triple double. Got his points. Got his assists. It was a really nice game. Do you think he's Looking at the scoreboard, trying to get a triple-double. 
Uh, be honest. Last year, like, yeah, I thought he, <laughs> I did think he did. Last night watching it, I feel like it was just in the flow of the game. But last night, last year, yeah, there was times I feel like he was chasing rebounds. Yeah. There was I'm, actually stats that came out that said um, he defended uh, the person that he was guarding, had more open three-point shots than any other guard in the league because he was sagging off so sagging much off to try so to get a rebound. Rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of hard to discredit it because when he was getting triple-doubles, they were winning games. Right. I mean, his impact last year was, was tremendous. Mm-hmm. I like where that team is. I think um, I think they'll be the two seed in the West, to be honest. Two I, or three. I think they, they match up best with the Warriors because their defensive abilities with Paul George and Robertson, right. that length, they, they can play some defense. And they have – and with Westbrook and Melo and – Paul George, they have offensive firepower as well. To yeah, and I, I can see it being a six-game series with the Warriors with mm-hmm. them. I think they can, they can really give them a run for their money. But there's always an injury away for the Warriors to lose. Oh, they absolutely. Got, they got injury-prone players. Kevin Durant, Curry, they've been injury-prone yeah. throughout their year, their careers. Draymond just got hurt in week, the first game right. of the year. What, what injury could the Warriors not overcome? Is it? A Draymond or Curry injury. Draymond or Curry? Okay. Yeah, I agree. Do you what? No, Kevin Durant. Oh he, man. Well, I don't know. That 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 would definitely hurt them. But he got hurt last year, and they played their best regular season basketball like, stretch without him. Just shoot more, and, uh, know, I don't see them beating the Cavs without Kevin Durant. They pr- they might not beat them last year, but they I don't know. That's it's, it's tough. It's tough because they won like twenty. They were like twenty two and six during la- their stretch last right. year when Durant got hurt. But it's tough. I don't know. It's, playoff basketball is a lot different than regular season. So. For, sure, for sure. Transitioning, Brandon, any topics you want to touch on? Hmm. Um, I'd probably just say how we were talking before the, the podcast, how the NFL is wide open this year. Seems like legitimately there's no favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. We just talked about the only good team in the league was the, the Chiefs. Chiefs last and- week. Ten days later, they've got two losses. They have two losses, so it's it's all up for grabs. The AFC West is all up for grabs. I was I was ready to sell on Oakland because I thought Derek Carr was going to be out two to six weeks. Right. Next thing you know, he comes back, he beats the Chiefs. They're sitting at three and four. Um, hold on, real quick, Marshawn Lynch. That dumb mistake. That was really dumb. From what was, I've read on Twitter, was is, he going to help Peters? Or is what I've going read to help is Marcus Peters is his cousin. Okay. Richard yeah. Sherman tweeted that someone said that Marcus Peters is Marshawn Lynch's cousin. So what they I believe is he was running out there just to play peacekeeper. Right. But he the ref got in his way and he pushed him. Right. And so the ref doesn't know what he's doing, so he's like, "Hey, you're gone," you know. Right. I don't Which, think he should be suspended. I don't. I, Aaron Donald, I don't believe, got suspended last year for what he did. Um, yeah, I don't think he'll correctly. get suspended. It was just not smart move on his behalf. Right. But honestly, he str- ever since week one, he struggled mightily for the team. Titans so. defense week one. <laughs> yeah, ever since that week one, after you watched that, you're like, oh, wow, this Raiders offense is going to be something. But right. ever since then, Marshawn Lynch and the run game's not really been going. So. But yeah, I think the NFL is wide open. I don't think. You can point to a certain team right now and be like, okay, 
that's the team that they're the Super Bowl favorites. I mean, the Chiefs gave up 400 plus yards last night to Oakland. So I don't know what to say. I it's it's wide open. The parity is phenomenal. Um, the competition each week is great. Um, I feel like there was a point where we're, the games, um, the quality wasn't good. But I mean, basically, if you look at the Thursday night games, which they get. They get a lot of um, crap for just being not good games. The Thursday night games have been good this year. Yeah, the Thursday night games have probably been the best games this year. Right. If you look at the primetime games, I mean, um, they got to do something with and be with flex scheduling throughout the year. Yeah. Because uh, some of the Sunday night games we've got just just aren't the best games. If you look at last week, you know, Broncos and Giants, you know, I mean – on paper preseason, that's supposed to be a nice matchup, you know. Yeah, uh, Odell. And- right, but then you have the 0 and 5 team without Odell going to Denver. I feel like that hurts the ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's talking about the ratings being down. I feel like flex flex scheduling plays a role. Um, and then if you look at the week before or a couple weeks ago, we had um, Seattle and Indianapolis on Sunday night. Yeah, and. You know, no Andrew Luck. On paper, yes, Andrew Luck looks like that's going to be a competitive game. But, I mean, I feel like Sunday night has to do more with a flex schedule. Who's on the, the Sunday night game this week is probably the, the best Pats one. The the Falcons, yeah. which is actually, on paper, it's probably one of the best ones they're going to have all year. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be competitive. Um, we'll get to that one later. But, yeah, the NFL is wide open right now. Um, you can't sit and pick one team. Um, maybe Philly. I mean, I feel like they've. I don't know. I might get a lot of crap from this because I got a lot of. I got a lot of Eagle fans that have already <laughs> given me crap because I said before the season that the Giants and Cowboys were going to be better than them, and it looks like the Eagles are going to definitely win that division. So I'm. I kind of got the rep that I'm an Eagles hater, but I honestly feel like they've kind of got a pretty favorable schedule so far besides playing the Chiefs which they lost to I feel like they've had a pretty favorable schedule that's gone their way and it's going to even be even more so because Rodgers just got hurt I know they got the Packers coming up soon and I mean they're still a young team too and I also still question that secondary outside of uh, Malcolm Jenkins Mm -hmm. I mean I know Patrick Robinson has been doing pretty well so far and he's been like their biggest free agent pickup because I think he's like at the veteran minimum right now but I mean I just I think if you can find if you can get time against that defensive line, I think good quarterbacks are going to shred that secondary, and I think we'll find that out as the season goes. I still think they'll win the division at this point. Um, I know that I'm flip flopping because I have always said the Giants or the Cowboys as well, but uh, like I said, they're still a young team. They'll make the playoffs, but I I don't see them going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's still a long season. I remember la- this point last year, the Vikings were five and zero. Right. They didn't even make the playoffs. The year before that, the Falcons were 5-0, and they didn't make the playoffs either. So, a lot can change. So, And as we'll the see. weather changes, you know, you know that specific type of football, you know, where it gets cold and you can't throw the ball, That I think that's beneficial for teams who can travel well and who can run the football. A team I'm impressed with is the Saints. Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm really impressed with that defense. I, I, am, I am buying on the Saints right uh, yes, now. Yeah. That offensive unit, and I'll tell you what, the defense gives up a lot of yards and a lot of points, but they get turnovers. Mm-hmm. And if you can create turnovers and get them back to your offense, I think that increases your chances on winning. Um, Detroit, they're not done until it's the end of the fourth quarter, 0-0-0. Right. <laughs> that team just fights. 
Um, but I'm 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 buying New Orleans right now. Yeah. I, I think that division is is um, has three solid teams. Um, well, three good teams with Carolina, Atlanta, um, and New Orleans. But also, there are three flawed teams. You know, they all have issues. Um, so I think that division's up for grabs. Um, Tampa Bay. What do you guys? What are your thoughts on Tampa? Are you guys sold on them? Like I'm I mean, sold on them not make, making any difference. Right. Right. They seem like the exact same team as last year. It just. Yeah. They were expected to take a step up, and they just haven't. And, and like I said, it's 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 around Winston. I mean, when Winston yeah. takes a step up, that's when that team. That's when he was expected to do. They added Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard. Yeah. They're expected to be more explosive than they are, and. He's just not accurate enough right now. He's not. I mean, he misses he'll a lot of throws. He'll make some throws, which is like, wow, what a, right. what a throw. And then he'll just miss, and you're just like, what the hell? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with with the change in the NFL right now, I mean, with the, the injury in Green Bay, I feel like that division's wide open. Mm-hmm. You know, the NFC East right now, I think – um, I'm not 100% sold on on Philly yet. I think Dallas can easily, you know, they have a, a t- it's a it's a road game. It's not really tough, but I think I don't think there's anything as an easy game in the NFL. You know, going to San Fran, um, they should they should win that game. We didn't bring this. Sorry about. No, we you're didn't fine. Bring this up, but how impressed were you guys with Adrian Peterson's debut with the Arizona Cardinals? I was shocked. Yeah. To I, be honest with you, I was too, especially with him just kind of. You know, 26 carries in his, was his first game with the Cardinals. I mean, mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect Do you that. think they could win that division? They're like, they're what? Two, they're 3-3. Three three three. Three. They're one game back, I believe. I mean, I don't see they're why playing, not. They're playing the Rams this week, too, so. I don't see why not because, I mean, Seattle, I don't think this is the same team we've been talking about in years past. Mm-hmm. Absolutely um, not. I feel like the Rams may be the most improved team in the NFL, I don't know if they're right, quite ready for that step. Right. And I love Arizona's experience. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Carson Palmer, Adrian Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald. AP has some years left. Mm-hmm. I, that's one thing for sure. And he just wasn't a fit in New Orleans. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I have, I honestly have no idea why he would even consider that. Was that unless that was his only option? Right. Right. It was just a bad fit from the get go. So. When David Johnson comes back in, in Arizona, what's the split if if AP continues this? You, I think I feel like they got to go David Johnson because he's, he's just, just he's their offense. Yeah, he's just way too versatile, him. and he can do way more because he he can catch out of the backfield, right. which AP can't. For sure, and even in most of AP's career, I mean, he hasn't really been the third down back. It's, I mean, Jarrett McKinnon was over there, um, but. I like the way AP's playing. Um, I think I think that team's trending up in that division. But I mean, a lot of divisions are wide open. You know, the a- AFC South three-way tie with three and three. Um, AFC North, your Bengals are back on them this weekend, yep. right, they got, Brandon? They're, they're playing the Steelers. They're playing the Steelers. I'm, this is it. I'm still. I need this. I need the Bengals to help me look smart. So <laughs> you got to get this win, Bengals. All right, DJ, your topic. All right, so. It's kind of like a little game here. Um, five players, 25 and under, you build your NFL franchise around. Can be any position, just as long as they're 25 or under. Uh, I'll kick things off. Um, you know, we're probably all going to have a quarterback in there. My quarterback's Dak. Um, 
and this is kind of I want a smash mouth team. I want it to be physical, mm -hmm. run it down your throat, and just outpower you. And Dak fits that mold. He's 6'2", 230, 240, runs through tackles, and he can, he's can he got an arm, too. Um, I also have Mike Evans, 6'5", 6'6", receiver. Just better for what I want to do, red zone, red zone threat. Um, I also have Jack Conklin of the Titans. Um, just if anybody has any kind of same accomplishment as Zach Martin, Zach Martin, they both are the only two rookie guards ever in All-Pro honors. Uh, I'm gonna, I really want you on my team. And then uh, I've got two defenders, Joey Bosa, Chargers. Uh, the guy's just an animal. And I also have Landon Collins for the secondary from the Giants. I think he's a good player. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go next um, with my top five players under 25, and. So here's what I want to do when I build a team. I want three things. First, I need a quarterback, all right? Second, I want to protect that quarterback. And third, I want to go get the other team's quarterback. So with that being said, the first player I would take, completely biased, Marcus Mariota. Absolutely proved to me last week he is and can be an elite franchise quarterback. The injuries do concern me, but <coughs> last week he showed toughness, um, in lines compared with Steve McNair, um, I wouldn't go that far yet. Second, got to go get the quarterback, all right? Joey Bosa and Jadavion Clowney, all right? Mm -hmm. Two players that my team can go get the other team's quarterback. And then fourth, I got to protect my quarterback. I'm going Jack Conklin, like we said, all pro first year as a rookie. And then fifth, I can now go to a player that um, – changes the game, um, impacts the game, and the best receiver in football, Odell Beckham Jr. would be the fifth player on my team that I would start. That would build my team around. So from there, with that core talent, those core players, I feel like my team um, would have more opportunity to be successful. Brandon? Um, I definitely would start off with Odell Beckham. It's Odell, it's, <laughs> it's kind of self-explanatory. Um, I'd also probably go Jalen Ramsey. I feel like he's one of arguably the best corner this year. Um, who else would I go with? Mm. Joey Boza. I'd have to go after. Him. Need to get a pass rusher as well. Quarterback. Mm, that's that's pretty tough. I'd probably go Carson Wentz. And then I'd probably go take your offensive lineman as well. <laughs> Jack my Conklin. Fifth, Jack Conklin. And, you know, I don't want to discount what Deshaun Watson has done so far. Um, I've just seen more from Dak because he's played longer. You know, not much longer, but, you know, Deshaun Watson was in my conversation, as was Mariota. I think Mariota's good. Uh, Marcus Peters is another guy that was... We discussed, yeah, we discussed How Marcus old is Peters. Le'Veon Bell? I think he's... I think he's 26. Yeah, I think Okay, so he wouldn't yeah, make I, He's up for a contract. You know, when I was looking, you know, there's a lot of players. I was like, oh, Khalil Mack, for sure. Nope, he's 26. Taylor Lewan, he's 26. That, that was also my so, first go was Lewan. Um, there's a lot of players that were, you know, right over that, that mark that, that mm -hmm. we were looking at. All right, we're just going to do a quick fire real quick. Um, college football top four. I have Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Penn State right now. Top four teams in college football. Um, I do think Ohio State is a top four team. How they've recently been playing, but I probably if I was to rank my playoffs right now, it'd probably be Bama one, Penn State two, Georgia three, and 
Uh, I might have to go with Wisconsin just because they haven't lost yet. Right, okay. But I definitely do think Ohio State's better. And if they win out, they'll be in. It'll play itself out play if they win out. Right. right. DJ? Uh, yeah, I kind of I agree with both you guys. I think, I think Ohio State, if they win out, they're definitely going to be in the mix. Bama, obviously. Um, if Clemson wins out, I think they'll eventually have to be in the conversation. Their, right. their defense is just too good. Um, Penn State's in that talk. Wisconsin's in that talk. And, you know, let's let's not discredit Georgia either. They're, they're right up there in the mix, yeah. too. I want to give JT Bear some credit because wow. I, I honestly threw him it, under the bus. Is it 22 touchdowns he's in been, now? He's been unreal ever since that Oklahoma game. I so I didn't think he could throw the ball. Yeah. That first week I against Oklahoma, I was like, this guy can't throw the ball. Honestly, if you're looking at his numbers, it's you can make the case that he should win Big Ten Player of the Year over Barkley, yeah. who's the Heisman frontliner right now. Right. But right. if you're looking at numbers, I feel like JT's numbers are better. Right, I think JT should. But that 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 Oklahoma game kind of just really it 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 hurt. It hurt really bad. But he'll have his chance. He'll have his chance to get back into it, especially if Barkley doesn't perform versus Michigan tomorrow. I'm looking forward to Alabama and Georgia in the SEC title game. Mm -hmm. Um, That looks like it's on the collision course to happen. Besides that, the SEC is terrible. Yeah, Yeah. it's been Bama carrying them for years. I mean. If you just look at the coaches in the SEC, I mean, Butch Jones, he's not very good. I mean, the guy from Wisconsin a few years ago is coaching Arkansas. Yeah, but is that Brett Bilma? Is that who that yeah, is? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, Jim McElwain, you know, taking pictures with sharks and whatnot. Like, have you guys seen that? No. Oh, my. Okay. Well, I'll have to show you after that. I can't believe you haven't seen that. Okay. It was Sarkeesian and uh, LSU. Is that how you pronounce his name? Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron. Yeah. So, Ed Orgeron, I mean, I, the coaching in the SEC is just not very good right now. The Big Ten is by far and away the best conference in football, in my opinion. I feel like that Big Ten and ACC are the two best. Yeah. First, I mean, you can make the argument for the ACC. Um, I just, if you look at the coaches in the Big Ten, I mean, the Big Ten has, has far more superior coaches. Mm-hmm. All right, real quick, one line I want to talk about this week. Saints at Packers. Um, Saints are favored by five and a half points. I think the Saints blow them out in Lambeau this week. Yeah. I mean, I don't see that team, the way they're playing, especially on offense, and I don't see the Packers moving the ball at this point with all their injuries. They get the injury bug every year, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And... Um, with with Rodgers being out, I think Saints big. Real quick, Aaron Rodgers hit dirty clean. It was clean hit. Clean hit. Just it just sucks if you're for an NFL fan, because that Rodgers can't miss TV. That and he, you're gonna they're gonna see his value with him gone. That clean seen it already last week. Right. Like, it was for sure a clean hit and. That play happens a lot. Did it happened to Garoppolo last year? Yeah, and that's, that's how it was a sprain. Well. Yeah. yeah, you you know, right-handed quarterback rolling right, um, off balance throw, and, then you and brace yourself with that arm. Right, yeah. and yeah. then you land on that shoulder and roll over. I think that happens a lot. And you know, I was listening to radio earlier this week, and someone made a good point. They're like, you know, what happens when you go out of your territory? You know, um, you don't stay in your lane. You know, you're more inept for accidents to happen and mm. um, 
one thing about Rogers is you can say that he um, ad libs too much. He kind um, he doesn't really stick to original play. Um, but that might be the best thing about him is is his ability to create um, outside of the, the, the design of the play. Right. Um, but absolutely wasn't was not a dirty hit. Um, it was a clean hit. Um, people were saying that they he drove him to the ground. He didn't drive him to the ground. He's just right. I mean, you hit someone and your momentum carries you to the ground. Of course, that's what it's going to look like. And plus, after you throw the ball, if you're off balance, falling on your right shoulder, and you brace yourself with that arm, you know, that stuff can happen. So um, it's unfortunate, um, but their season is done. You mm-hmm. know what? It's also an issue with the Packers that they don't surround the Aaron Rodgers with in that team with enough talent they have to no com- trench. They, they never the trenches. They never go they never really do much in free agency. Right. Really. I mean, granted they evaluate their players and they draft them very well very much well, but they don't really do anything in free agency. Right. And you when you don't surround a player with um, great pieces, it's hard it's hard to come back from that. Any games you want you interested in this week yet? Um, guys Bengals and Steelers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, that's always interesting. Falcons and Pats. Um, I'm interesting seeing the Falcons blow another lead. <laughs> Rams and Cardinals should be interesting. Yeah, but I am going to be watching that New Orleans Packers game because if there is a defense that Hundley can light up, it's New Orleans. Right. Now he did throw three picks, and like we said earlier, Saints are really good at forcing turnovers. So we'll see. I think this should be the tall tale sign. They'll be they'll be singing for another quarterback if Hundley can't. Can't produce. All right, before we take off, Falcons, Patriots. Patriots are favored by three. Who you got? Oh, man, that's really tough. I don't I don't know what to expect from the Patriots defense, but I just – I don't – I really can't trust the Falcons anymore. <laughs> I, I agree. I think the Patriots – I think the Patriots pull one out. I think, I think three points is probably a good – I think thirty-one twenty-eight. I think something like that would probably be good. I think when you look at this game, you look at the consistency piece, and I don't know where Atlanta's mindset is after blowing a seventeen point seventeen point lead the week before to the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, I think the Pats win this game, um, and I think they cover. 